On episode 31 of the Violence Design Lab podcast, we're talking about how to portray characters who are trained fighters versus characters who are untrained. They shouldn't look the same, and I'll give you tips to adjust your design to reflect a character's level of training. Out swords and to work with all. Welcome to the Violence Design Lab podcast. Now here's the mad scientist himself, David Barefoot. Greetings and salutations, David here. Designing theatrical violence for live theater since 1992 and the founder of the ViolenceDesignLab.com, I'm your virtual coach and online mentor. If it's your first time on the podcast, I'm here to encourage you to improve your stage combat, to coach you to choreographing better fights, and to train you to tackle the challenges of theatrical violence design. We're starting a new feature here on the podcast we call Question of the Month, Well, the question for September is this. What skill did a show you were designing unexpectedly require that you suddenly had to pick up? Maybe you've done this like I have. You contract for a show and you're starting the production process or maybe it's in the middle of rehearsal and suddenly there's a weapon style or a particular skill or movement that you need to have a character do. Director comes up with something uh, on a brainstorm or you maybe even overlooked it. What did you do? Did you hire someone else in? Did you learn it really fast? I'd love to know your stories. Please send your responses to violencedesignlab at gmail.com or even better, if you can record yourself on your phone and send me the mp3 files of that same email address, That way I can use your voice and your own words on the podcast. So again, the question is, what skill did a show you were designing unexpectedly require that you suddenly had to pick up? Or if you didn't pick it up, how'd you handle it? I'll be uh, collecting your responses all through September and then reading some of them back in October. So please send me your feedback. So in today's episode, I am talking about trained and untrained characters. The characters who fight in plays really run the gamut of training and martial skill. We, they, you know, this week on the podcast, I am talking about trained versus untrained characters. The characters who fight in the plays that we design really run the gamut from of fight training and martial skill. They range from characters with absolutely no training at all, like, you know, Stanley from accounting who picks up a stapler and goes after his boss, or, or two teenage kids, you know, in a scuffle. And frankly, most modern Americans don't have formal fight training. And since a lot of our plays deal with uh, modern Americans, you're going to encounter a lot of characters who based on their background, social situation, etc., have no formal training in either unarmed or a weapon skill. Then you'll also get what I call normal training. These are, you know, a random soldier on the battlefield or a police officer or a medieval noble or a renaissance gentleman, or, you know, a character that's, whose background says they have some boxing history. These are characters with the realistic kind of real-world kinds of martial training that you might expect people you could encounter to have. 
Then there's the superhero training. I mean, maybe you're choreographing Wonder Woman or Wolverine, but more likely your character is a swashbuckler or, you know, a badass martial artist or just someone who needs to appear exponentially more lethal than, well, just about anybody else that's on the field. I'm thinking like Jason Bourne of Bourne Identity or or Agent May in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, obviously these three kinds of characters or categories of characters They wouldn't and they shouldn't fight the same. So how do you portray the difference? Well, first I want to talk about the problem of standardized moves. Every violence designer is, or or better be, trained in stage combat before we start designing. Now, at least in America, that training usually comes in the shape of classes that, that teach you a series of attacks and defenses in a particular unarmed or or weapon fighting style. Now, good teachers will emphasize the martial logic and the stage combat principles that form the basis of these techniques, but if you encounter a less thoughtful teacher, or frankly, often we as students, we too often focus on the physical expression of the techniques rather than the principles. And so these moves that we learn become essentially standardized to us. You know, this is how you do a sword cut to the head. Move here, do this, cut there, boom. Or this is how you do a right cross to the face. The problem is, is that if we internalize those as standard techniques rather than as expressions of stage combat safety and illusion principles, then we'll start rubber stamping them on every character. And of course, then every character pretty much fights the same. So my advice has always been, and I want to emphasize this again, the violence designer has to go beyond these stock or or standardized moves. You have to base your choreography on the character's story while still staying true to actor safety, of course, and to creating effective illusions. So let's look at these three categories of characters and figure out how we can adjust our choreography and tweak our design to show their level of training and stay true to their story. So first, I want to look at untrained characters. Then we're going to look at what I call normal uh, uh, or realistically trained characters. And then these super trained or super heroic characters. So for untrained characters, and I want to have a a caveat here, I am talking about untrained characters, not untrained actors. Actors, the performers who are doing the fights, they need training whatever their character's martial experience level happens to be. Playing an untrained character is no less challenging and may well be more challenging than playing a trained one. So I want to put that out there. I am certainly not advocating that we're not training actors or that that's okay or that there's somehow no technique involved for an untrained character. That's absolutely not the case. So when it comes to untrained characters fighting, I want to first talk about their approach to violence. Violence for these characters is not a way of life. It's not something they do often. As I mentioned, the example of Stanley from Accounting is not a guy whose first response to stress is to pick up his fists. So violence for these characters is born out of strong emotion, like like desperation or anger or fear. There is more 
going on inside that overrides their normal fear or you know, avoidance of confrontation or whatever it is, their social circumstances that drives them to violence. The second thing about them is their fights look, well, sloppy, certainly to anyone who has had martial training before, but it should look chaotic, unplanned, and not very precise, even to untrained audience members. Now, this means you can, how you portray this is to choreograph this kind of, quote, slop into your choreography. It is not to allow the actors to just do whatever they like, okay? Again, I want to stress that you are designing the mess, designing the sloppiness into your choreography, and you're rehearsing it the same way every time, okay? So, first of all, blocks and ducks, they really need to be last minute, as if they were almost an afterthought because these characters have not had the experience to predict an opponent's attacks. They are the ones that literally have to see it coming, take a moment to realize, oh, he's about to hit me with his sword, and then do something in a, at the last second to get out of the way. Also, their generation of power is going to be lacking or spotty. These are the kind of characters that throw a punch using mostly just their arm and shoulder muscles rather than their whole body. Uh, Their attacks, when they do attack, are going to leave gaping holes in their defense. And I want to point out that all this, this quote, bad form, does not mean these are stupid people, okay? Their form isn't, quote, good, because fighting form in whatever style you you have you study whether it's martial arts like we think of you know eastern unarmed martial arts or hema or any kind of martial art that you can think of the form is designed to do two main things to generate offensive power efficiently and to close defensive lines okay so it tries to very effectively deliver power into an opponent and to not open yourself up to an attack at the same time or to block incoming attacks. So these characters look sloppy because they are not doing this. That's why their power generation is kind of spotty. They're leaving gaps in their defense. That's what form does. Again, keeping in mind the stage combat technique still has to be spot on. And I don't mean the standardized moves. I mean the all the things that keep a move safe, that tell the right story, and of course make an effective illusion have to be dead on. There's no slop there. But the fighting style that we're expressing, though the way they are fighting, needs to look well sloppy. The third factor of untrained characters is they're unused to being hit. I mean Stanley in accounting has not probably had a lot of people punch him in the face. They may, first of all, show greater amounts of fear to incoming attacks than a trained character. I know, personally, if somebody tried to jam a knife in my guts for real, yeah, I've never had that in my life, and knock on wood, never will, that would be fairly traumatic to me, and I will, I'm sure not react as coolly and as suavely as I kind of imagine I would because I've never experienced someone trying to actively take my own life. So these characters 
are going to show greater fear and concern to incoming attacks, even if that is a simple punch. Boxers, for example, pretty used to getting hit in the face. No one likes it, but they've been hit in the face enough to know that, okay, I'll probably survive this, and it's just part of the job. Not so with the untrained character. Also, when it comes to not being used to being hit, they tend to be less resilient to damage. Now, this can be it for a couple reasons. One, because of body conditioning. If you hit Stanley from accounting in the short ribs, he might go down unconscious or incapacitated. If you hit a boxer in the ribs who, you know, who has done enough ab work that he basically has a slab of armor down there, he might get tired after a while, but it's going to look like the untrained character is much less resilient to damage. So keep that in mind. They can't take as many hits. There is one caveat to that, which is it depends on their level of desperation. Since untrained characters tend to be desperate when they're resorting to violence, those high stakes may keep them in the fight even though they're getting badly damaged. The other, the sort of fourth thing that I tend to put into my choreography for untrained characters is they have difficulty scaling their violent response. In other words, they may use a greater amount of force than needed, like striking someone with a brick in the head to, quote, knock them out, or keep stabbing them well after the, their opponent is dead. Again, this is often related or sometimes related to that emotion that's wrapped up in there, that intense uh, ferocity of anger that makes them keep hacking at the person even after they've stopped moving. But sometimes they don't know what their response is. They may respond far too much or they may try to punch the guy in armor and discover that was not an appropriate violent response. So that again shows a lack of training in characters. Let's move on to the realistically trained character. Again, this is the soldier, the career police officer, a boxer, um, an, an actual, a real martial artist like you might actually meet, not a, not a Hollywood superhero, but someone whose job or at least a strong hobby involves mixing it up, having violent encounters. Now, these characters will have, have a much more matter-of-fact approach to violence. They, they may not relish violence, but they don't turn away. Uh, these are the people who run toward the sound of gunfire, as, uh, as uh, it's been said before. Uh, my father was a police officer. He was one of these people. Uh, he recalls a time when he got a call about a disturbance, went out and a guy stumbles out of the fog being having a knife wound slashed across his neck and being followed by an assailant with a knife in each hand walking towards the guy to finish the job. And Dad, of course, he said, I felt like running, but then I had this badge on my chest, and so, well, I stayed, and he drew his gun, and he dealt with the situation. Uh, no one actually got harmed, just a spoiler alert. But the point is, he stayed. And if I had seen that similar situation, I'd have been all about heels and elbows, which is what you'd have seen of me. But the realistically trained character may not like violence, but they don't shy away from it. Okay? So, that's their attitude. And now we're going to talk about their form. Their fights 
usually begin in good form. Their stance, their initial attacks and defense, they are efficient. They look like they're in good fighting form. Now, here's a trick. If you want the fight to look realistic, and as I'm speaking about the realistically trained character, I'm talking about sort of a show that is not about superheroes, but about people that you might see, and the violence is supposed to look as real as we can, we can do it. Their fights begin in good stance and in good form, and the first couple of attacks or defenses may be pretty much textbook. It will get a little messy in the middle when they're in contact with the enemy. If you watch a boxing match or uh, a HEMA match, you'll see that we have this classic form. It gets a little muddy in there because, you know, it's unpredictable. It's fast. You're trying to respond to someone who is not playing with uh, the same game you're playing. They're trying to beat you. But they usually finish the, the, the phrase or certainly get the hit with solid technique. So it starts clean, gets a little muddy when things get mixing up pretty good, but usually your good hits or escapes or, or finishing moves have good technique. Now, the other thing is these moves that, that the realistically trained uh, fighter picks are chosen for their practicality and efficiency. They're not flash here. We're not trying to do extra gymnastics. We are going to attack and defend as quickly, brutally, and as efficiently as possible. This kind of fighting also is very goal-oriented. If the fighter is there to kill, that's what they're going to do. It's not an accident. If I am trying to subdue a person, I'm trying to subdue them. It is rare for the trained character to, quote, accidentally kill someone. They, are, they have a goal in mind, and they're going for it. This is unlike the untrained character. The untrained character is usually making up their goal as they go along. They're just, all they see is fight, and that's what they're going after. They're not sure about their goal. The realistic character is scaling their force and pursuing a very particular goal. My suggestion for realistically trained characters They shouldn't lose because of stupid attacks. In other words, you'll see uh, choreography where a soldier, supposedly a career soldier, runs in yelling, waving his sword over his head, and then is immediately cut down by a, you know, a stomach slash from the hero. To me, I'm like, really? That's not a trained soldier. So I don't think the realistic person should lose because of stupidity. Now, They can be defeated by superior numbers or an equally trained opponent or even a lucky hit or being overwhelmed by the ferocity of an untrained opponent. They can certainly still lose, but I don't think they should be, uh, they should lose stupidly or otherwise that kind of negates all the work you've done to establish them as being trained. Now let's look at the last group, the, the super trained character, the, the, the hero, These people are the ones who are never phased emotionally by combat. They may even relish it. Your standard swashbucklers I mentioned last week actually enjoys it. It's a time to show off. They don't feel in any particular danger most of the time. These characters, their fight and their technique is always in good form. doesn't matter whether they're fighting an equal 
or someone who's not a threat, as I often call a MOOC. And in these situations, a MOOC is a normally trained or realistically trained character. Yet the superhero or the super trained character is so far above them in terms of skill and physical ability that it makes the MOOC look foolish and stupid. For these characters, pull out all the stops for creative choreography. I mean, I hope you're being creative anyway, even if your characters are untrained or realistically trained. But for these super trained characters, nothing is too acrobatic or too flashy. Whatever your actors can do, pull that out. And sometimes I like to interview the actors. Do you have a backhand spring? Do you have a, you know, a a spinning back kick from your taekwondo days? Whatever, whatever you can do to emphasize just how cool these characters are, do it. That's what this, that's the stock in trade of the super trained character. Your choreography for these characters is normally going to be very dense. In other words, I mean there's a lot of moves in each sequence. If I'm doing a sword fight with a super trained character, it's going to be ting, 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 back and forth, and there's going to be a lot of complex blade work. These uh, characters are very willing to take on multiple opponents. Normally, of course, if even a realistically trained character steps into a room and there's five people there who are all trying, uh, who are all planning on beating him up, Prudence says either you have a gun and start shooting or you get out of there and get back up. But the super trained character, this is not a problem. They can, they're fully capable of taking on multiple opponents and hits on them. This is the last sort of way I, uh, another piece that I designed super trained characters. Hits rarely cause serious damage unless it's, you know, dramatically appropriate. This is something that I think is an inherent, I don't want to say problem, but it's a danger point with standardized choreography that we learn in stage combat classes and workshops. We are kind of teaching, you know, a punch. So we do that right cross, you know, followed by a couple of jabs and a stomach punch. And because we are mostly teaching the technique of those punches, we don't have a whole lot of time to do a realistic reaction, and we don't care about maintaining the wounds because we're just learning the punches. The problem is, what we are essentially doing is saying, everyone's a superhero. You can take two hits to the face and the stomach, and a half second later have no particular uh, disability from that. But that's a good thing when it comes to the super trained character. That's exactly what it is. You'll see even when you have two super trained characters fighting, they'll be pounding each other like crazy and yet continuing. It's kind of funny to me because often we show these super characters kicking someone and, you know, breaking a wooden pillar when they miss. And yet when they kick that person the next time, the person maybe grunts a little And unless they're a mook, they just simply shrug it off and keep going. So these hits mostly don't cause serious damage unless it's dramatically appropriate. If the main character is a superhero and she's fighting Nameless Guard number three, one hit, two hits may well take that guard out unless I have this cool jumping up, grabbing the neck, throwing him down and spinning him into a flip move, in which case... He'll, he will, he'll stay up for all my other hits until I get to that move. So the super trained character is a lot of fun, but uh, you have to know that there's all these various things. It's basically a swashbuckling character, 
even if it's set, you know, in a modern crime drama or whatever. So these are my th- the three categories that I kind of break uh, characters into. Untrained, realistically trained, and uh, super trained. So hopefully this will help you take uh, some of these uh, tips to heart and you can incorporate the character's training into your next show. Hey, if you've found this podcast useful, please do let others know about it. Share it on Facebook or like it, and then head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show if you haven't, or click on uh, some stars to give the show and leave a review on the podcast page. I'd really appreciate it. That, uh, that helps me move up in iTunes' ranking system, and the higher it goes, the more other people who might not have seen the show on Facebook or social media can maybe get turned on to the podcast. So thanks so much, and until next week, keep the fights on stage and peace in your life. David, out. Thanks for listening to the Violence Design Lab podcast. For more tips, tutorials, and downloadable resources, visit us at violencedesignlab.com. 